Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Ravenslayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and tonight we're doing part two of Sex for One, The Joy of Self-Loving by Betty Dobson, Ph.D. And I have Paul with me. Hey, guys. <laughs> and last week we covered a good part of the book, and tonight we're going to cover the last parts. And I'm going to go into a little more detail on one chapter because it has some exercises and some things you can do to really get into self-loving. But we left off at Body Sex for Men last week. This week we'll be talking about masturbation as meditation, sexual fantasy, and then making love alone. And the last chapter of the book is on masturbation stories, people that wrote in telling their stories from what they got out of doing. Some, some of them were from the body workshops. Some of them were just people that had read the book and wrote into her. So anyway, and masturbation is meditation. Betty Dobson basically started out with the concept that masturbation is a form of meditation, but didn't really have any backing to prove it. And she kind of checked in with people that were into meditation and yoga and 
doing the spiritual workings, and they kind of kept sex separate from spirituality and even from meditation. And people that were into sex weren't so much into the spiritual side. And I found this to be true a lot of the time. But she does go into some details about her approach and learning to work with ritual and meditation with sex and raising that sexual energy. And it's really incredible. And I've done a lot of work in the area of meditation and masturbation. And it can be powerful work. Any thoughts, Paul? As I've said several times on the show before, I do a daily erotic meditation, and it does a lot for me. It fills me with sexual energy and gives me energy throughout the day. It both calms and excites my mind in equal measure. It has improved my joy and my happiness, and it's given me a lot of clarity, and it's also really helped me overcome a lot of my sexual hang-ups and also a lot of my insecurities Mm -hmm. about myself, about my body, about my performance. So it's done a great deal to help me to include masturbation and sexuality in my meditation practice. Oh, yeah. And I think another thing, and Betty Dodson speaks of this in the book, is that oftentimes tapping into meditation and sexuality, but even meditation by itself, draws upon that creative side of us. And it's not just for artists, it's for any creative endeavor by performing sexual rituals and kind of a meditative sexual exploration, we are tapping into the more creative side and it brings it out in our daily lives in other areas. So meditation and sexuality can be very powerful. And while I haven't seen any research on this, I do believe that when you get into the meditation, raising that sexual energy, they work so amazingly well together. It's like I've done meditations alone, and then I've done meditations when I'm raising that erotic energy and channeling it through all my chakras, and it gets even more powerful. But what has your experience been in that area, Paul? I find that, like I said, it has done a lot to help me with my confidence and with a lot of different aspects of my life. But as far as creativity goes, it also has really helped me with my creative side and balancing my creative side and my logical mind. Uh, A lot of the things that I've gotten really interested in and recently combine aspects of both sides of my mind, and I think that it has helped me balance those two worlds and not keep them as separated. Oh, yeah. And I think another thing that doing meditations 
in an aroused state, it helps us become more mindful of our bodies and more in tune with our bodies. I know when I first started doing it, it was amazing to me how much more I felt from my body and how much more my body responded to touch. I became more in tune with it through the practice of mindful masturbation meditation techniques. <laughs> and it really kind of opened up a whole new world for me, just getting in tune. And and it did make me feel more one with the universe and more connected with everything there is. I've definitely found the same thing. When I started practicing this daily erotic meditation, I remember that when I would walk outside, when I was walking to the bus, or for whatever occasion I happened to be outside, I was much more aware of the natural world around me, of the hues of the different plants and how the air smelled and each step that I took and how my foot was hitting the ground and all sorts of things like that. It really helped me to get away from the monkey chatter of the idle mind and really be aware of what was happening around me and what was happening within me. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of supercharges meditation when you combine the erotic with the meditation. And it makes it even more powerful in an experience, or at least that's what it's done for me in my life. But I know that I'm real ADHD, and it took me a while to learn just how to calm my mind and slow it down through meditation. Oftentimes, when I first started meditating, my mind would be all over the place. <laughs> and by combining the erotic with it and touching myself and getting myself all horny and worked up and then going into a meditative trance, it really helped with the ADHD. It helped me really kind of pull in and become still and and into the process of meditation at a much deeper level. I definitely agree. I, I found the same thing. I think that it gives you something to focus your energy on. And by having something like that to focus your energy on, the mind doesn't tend to wander as much. And what I found is in the beginning when I would start my meditation off, the quality of the way that I thought about it was different than it is now. I was focused on the, I guess you would say, mechanics of what I was doing to my body and how I was doing it. And as I continued to do it day after day, I fell more into just instinctually knowing what to do with my hands on my body and not really worrying about how I was doing it and just let my body do its own thing and kind of 
follow the course of what my body was doing. And it really helped me get a lot deeper into that meditative headspace where you're not really focused on ideas. You're just allowing things to be. I think another thing it did for me was when I started combining sex with masturbation, I mean meditation, (laughs) it helped me get more in touch with not just my body, but me as a person. And really, I felt the bringing it all together within me. It's hard to put into words exactly, but I felt more in tune with my whole self, not just my body. It was my body, spirit, and mind. And that was very powerful, just bringing it all together. (laughs) That's something I definitely resonate well with. Like I said earlier, it helped me figure out a lot of things within me. It really helped me learn about my emotional response to things and catch myself when I would start going down different mental pathways that used to be fairly common for me and realize what was at the base of what I was feeling instead of having a negative emotion come up and not really noticing it until I was already really upset and then not being able to really stop my mind from cycling through these negative cycles. Once I started this daily practice of erotic meditations, when those negative feelings started to come up, I could catch myself and ask myself where that feeling was coming from. And it really helped me become a more stable person, and I owe a lot to it. Oh, yeah. And I think that you're touching on something that I've recognized from my erotic meditation is helped me become more proactive instead of reactive to life. And it really got me more balanced and in tune and realizing that, okay, you don't have to react every time. Take a deep breath and what's going on here? (laughs) And to question things more. And I think that's part of that intuitive side. It helped me get more in touch with Okay, what intuitively, what's going on here? What's going on with me? What's going on with with the people around me? What's happening? And look at it at a deeper level, not just react to things. Yeah, it, it's really beautiful. It's completely changed my life. Are there any other areas that it's impacted you that you can think of offhand? <laughs> I think that... It's also made me a more thoughtful person. I think that because I have a built-in way of feeding my sexuality every day, I think that it's made it so that I don't have that strong 
deep desire and emptiness that I used to feel fairly regularly. And it's made me a little less bitter, I think. I think one of the things it did for me, too, in this isn't just the meditations, but I also practice morning affirmations, erotic ones. And I think one of the things that both these things, exercises did for me was to help me really become more in love with myself and more loving to myself. For a long time, I used to be just really hard on myself. And by transforming my mind talk, becoming more aware of it, I was able to re-script a lot of the mind talk and realized how much it was having a deep impact in my life. And by addressing it through meditations and through affirmations, it really turned my life around in big ways. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely has helped me to really reconnect with myself and be really proud of myself in a lot of ways. One of the things I've realized recently is that I've started taking a lot more pride in the work that I do and being proud of myself. And I think that that is a direct result of these daily meditations that I do. Oh, yeah. And I find it's kind of good to have a kind of routine that is fun to do. I always look forward to doing my morning affirmations and my erotic meditations. It's very powerful stuff. And I get so much out of it. Plus, it just feels so good to the body. <laughs> and it's also good for the mind, I think. It brings out all those... It's not just the chemicals released. I think it's just becoming in tune and self-pleasured helps me become a better person and a better lover for my partners because I am more in tune and I can provide some amazing energy work sexually now that I didn't even know how to do before I started these practices. So it really got me in tune with the sex energy, not just the touching, but how to work with sex energy in our bodies. <laughs> Have you noticed any of that come up for you? Oh, definitely. I am much more in tune with my body and how to touch myself, how to show my partners how I like to be touched, and allowing myself to focus on my own pleasure while also being very aware of how to direct sexual energy and how to let it build and grow and slowly coax it instead of just diving right in, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and I think another thing that doing erotic meditations does for me, it helps me slow down the process. When I used to just masturbate, it was like, you know, I'd whip it out and get it going and felt good, but 
by doing the meditations, I got much more in tune and involved with the whole process. And it became so much more fulfilling at such a deeper level. And so even the masturbation felt so much more intense and beautiful and pleasurable at a deeper level than when I just masturbated. It was almost like I was really truly making love to myself instead of just getting off. <laughs> and there's times when I like to just get off. There times when I do quickies, those are pleasurable, but I like the whole spectrum of sexuality. <laughs> oh, definitely. I 100% agree. In the next chapter, she touches on sexual fantasy. And I know everybody's built a little bit different. I know a lot of people get into porn, and that can kind of get the fantasy juices going. And some people, like me, porn doesn't really do all that much for me. There's some people that are into reading erotic stories or novels, or one of my favorites is bisexual erotica. And just kind of read a little bit and then kind of let continue the story in my head and make it up as I go. But that can be a good source. And Betty Dobson kind of talks about what are some good sources to fire up that fantasy part of ourselves and really get into truly enriching our self-pleasuring through fantasy. What are some of the things you do to help get your fantasy sparked up and coming alive? And how does fantasy work for you, Paul? Well, for me, I am a fan of porn, but I also really like not only erotic fiction, but erotic nonfiction, especially stories from regular people on the internet about their own sex lives and their own sexual experiences. There's a lot of stuff on Reddit that I really like. I like a lot of the really sexual subreddits. There's also like Gone Wild Audio on Reddit, which is basically recordings of people telling these really sexy stories, mostly from the point of view of one of the people in the story as it's happening that I find really hot. I also like to, when I'm watching shows or movies or anything like that, if I think that there's something that happens that's particularly hot, I like to think about it later and put myself in the scenario and kind of change things up a little bit and follow that line of logic. I also make up a lot of my own fantasies that are based from different parts of my life. Uh, one of the really strong fantasies, or one of the strong themes in a lot of my sexual fantasies is hitchhiking, because I used to hitchhike a lot, and I've always thought that the idea of either getting picked up by someone and having 
a wonderful sexual tryst with them or picking up someone else or when I'm on the road, I go home with the waitress from a diner or something like that. I think that's really sexy. And then I also have a few things that I used to fantasize about when I was a young kid that I didn't really recognize as sexual fantasies at the time, but uh, I realize now they were sexual fantasies. I like to fantasize about those a lot because it touches something very deep in myself that I built into myself when I was a younger person. So it it has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I know for me, an uh, area that's very rich for fantasy is some of my more amazing past experiences. Sometimes I remember, and this has been fantasy material forever, was when I swung myself to orgasm on a swing set with a girlfriend in my lap. She took my cock inside her body and we just swung together going higher and higher and feeling those tingles from swinging and the amazing way a swing kind of just naturally brings us in and out through the process of swinging. and Oh, it's just very hot. <laughs> but there's been many experiences that I've had that have been very good territory for fantasy life. So oftentimes just going back to an experience and kind of replaying it in my head as a fantasy, maybe changing it up a little bit or or just re-going through the experience in detail in my mind can be really hot. <laughs> and you know, for some people, I know that for me, I tend to be highly visual. So a lot of times when I fantasize, I'm seeing a lot of this in my mind, with my mind's eye. But for some people, they don't have that ability. They have a different kind of approach. It's more, for some, it's more of a storyline. Some of us are more auditory learners. And so whatever form of fantasy works for you. Storytelling can be very potent in fantasy. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. For me, I can't really visualize things, so most of my fantasies are narrative-driven, and a lot of times for me, the fantasy a lot is more about the build-up than the actual acts that happen afterwards. I think about dialogue a lot of times, what I say to the other person, what they say to me, the situations that uh, lead up to things happening. And another thing that I think is really interesting about fantasy is because it's fantasy, it doesn't have to match the real world. You can play around with things. You can do things like fly or have interesting zero-gravity sex or you can put yourself in 
a world that is a much more sexually open world where the rules are different and all of it's really good. And that's one of the nice things about fantasy is that it doesn't have to sync up with the real world. Yeah, and while you're on that notion, I always like to include with fantasy, there is no right or wrong. It's all in your head. It's something for you to experience. It's what we do if we try to live out a fantasy in real life. If we do it consensually and safely and sanely, then it's cool. It's when we do something that's harmful or damaging that things can go bad. But within fantasy, there is no good or bad. It's all just internal experience. And that can be an awesome thing. (laughs) And I find that it helps me kind of work through some of the darker side of myself in a safe environment and kind of explore some of the darker side and get in touch with it and let it out of the bottle and express it through fantasy. And that can be very healing in many ways. But any thoughts? Yeah, on that note, one of the things that I find about, especially with the darker side of fantasy, is that it can be a potent release valve for things that maybe you feel embarrassed about or bad about, things that you wouldn't ever do in the real world, but are things that are kind of just stuck in your head. And I remember, like, through you teaching me about fantasy and how I didn't have to feel bad about my fantasies, it really helped me stop beating myself up or feeling guilty and and ashamed of myself when some of these darker thoughts came along. And what I found is now those dark thoughts leave me alone unless I actively tap into them for the sake of fantasy. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons that this works so well is it does give you a healthy outlet for some of those darker sides and allows you to express that to yourself within your own head. And it's a safe space to do that, to really explore that fully and express it fully. It gives it what it needs, and then it's no longer haunting you. It's no longer persistent. It kind of goes back to the background. (laughs) So fantasy can be a very powerful and playful way. I always like to let the inner child come out sometimes and play in fantasy land. It's like I can explore and do things in fantasy that, oh, just get my all worked up and turned on (laughs) on so many different levels. I find the same thing. It's really nice to let my inner child out when I'm playing around in fantasy. It allows me to be silly and playful. And because 
sex is such a really interesting thing. You can allow that playful side to come out and it can be very potent, but you can also have times where it's serious and important and and spiritual and you have all of these different parts of yourself that can come out either in combination or at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's really a potent way to experience a very broad sense of emotions and feelings and different parts of yourself. It's really beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I know that for some people, they can just orgasm from fantasy alone. (laughs) I know I have on a few occasions, and it's quite amazing. And I've also had lots of wet dreams in my past. I don't have them as much as I used to, but having wet dreams is really kind of a more ethereal kind of experience. I know that, or it can be. I know some of my wet dreams were very interesting. It's hard to put them into words because it was on such a more ethereal kind of dreamlike experience. It was just things weren't just linear anymore. It was multidimensional. <laughs> And I mentioned dreams because dreams are a type of, I mean, they, they're related to sexual fantasies, but it happens when you're asleep and then you wake up and it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> I got a wet spot. <laughs> well, we're to our midpoint and I'd like to take a short break and talk a little bit about ravenslayerleather.com. Check out some of our training videos. We have all kinds of trainings in BDSM and living a more sex-positive lifestyle. We have exercises and all kinds of guided meditations, guided morning affirmations for a variety of things. We also have some free stuff to check out. So check out our website at ravenslayerleather.com and also consider becoming a patron of our show. We do pay everything out of my pocket and it gets a little bit expensive sometimes and I'm glad to do that, but we could always use a little extra help on the financial side of things. I'd love to be able to buy some better equipment for recording shows and maybe one day even get some video podcasts going. But that will take expensive equipment. So if you get something out of this show and you really want to see us succeed and be able to bring in more technology to improve the show consider giving us a monthly donation through patreon.com. And there is a link to our Patreon page on the website at ravenslayerleather.com. So we've been talking about Sex for One, The Joy of Self-Loving by Betty Dodson, Ph.D. And the next chapter 
is on making love alone. In this chapter, I'd like to kind of go into a little more detail about the chapter. It has some different exercises to do and help you become more complete in your self-lovemaking. And I think she gives it in steps. The first step is loving yourself. Start the process now. Look into a mirror and say to yourself out loud, I love you. Smile. Say, I love you. And add your name. It may seem strange, even make you feel embarrassed or foolish, but do it. Every time you catch yourself getting on your own case, stop and forgive yourself. Count your blessings. Give yourself a hug. Look into the mirror and say, I love you just the way you are. If you do this simple exercise every day for two weeks, happy little moments will start coming your way. Then you'll be inspired to do it for the joy it brings. And I have practiced this in my own life, just being able to love myself. And it is very powerful. I know it helped me change and transform my lives in so many different ways. And I felt more self-confident. I felt more alive. And my whole outlook changed from being so focused on the negative to becoming focused more on the positive. And it's kind of an internal attitude that changed. As I became more positive in my thinking and in loving myself, I started seeing the world differently. It changed the focus of my world. And I started seeing more beauty in the world. I think another thing related to this is learning to be grateful for the things we do have. Too often we're always caught up in pursuing what's the next victory or pursuing the next adventure and we don't take time to just really fully appreciate what we have accomplished and what we have done with our lives. I remember when I graduated from college and put a lot of work into it and the graduation ceremony lasted a couple of hours but it seemed to just fly by and then I realized afterwards it felt kind of odd that all this work and I had imagined this day coming and and it came and went in the blink of an eye and then I looked back and I thought be grateful for what you've accomplished really look at the accomplishment at a deeper level, and it just made such a big difference. But any thoughts? Gratitude is a very important part of my life. I find that the times I'm happiest is when I remember all of the things that are really, really good in my life. And by doing that, I get even happier, and it's a natural feedback loop. And I know that I have so many things in my life to be grateful for. I have a wonderful life, and I lucked into a lot of it. I find that things happen a lot of the time, and you don't realize 
how powerful and important it is until afterwards, which is one of the important reasons to look back and think about all of the things that have happened in your life, because when a certain thing happens, you may not realize how much it impacts you. But if you take the time to look back at all of the things that happen in your life, you catch those little things. I remember there was a game I used to play with people that I would hitchhike with, where I would tell them to come up with their three favorite things of that day, and I would do the same, and we couldn't repeat each other's. And I remember there were two girls I used to hitchhike with, and we traveled together for about four months. And I introduced this game to them. And at first, both of them would kind of struggle to come up with things that they were grateful. But after a couple of weeks of doing it, like we would all run through our favorite things of the day. And then we would keep going into bonus rounds because we just had too many great things that had happened to us to fit it into the three things a day. And during those times, it, it really increased all of our appreciations of what we were doing and what it meant to us. And it's a, a thing I still do sometimes internally right before I go to bed. And another thing that you were talking about, looking at yourself in the mirror and telling yourself that I love you, that's something that you've stressed to me the importance of before. And it's something that I do regularly and catching myself when I get down on myself and telling myself that I, I love myself. It's amazing how much something so small can change your life. Because I think that, especially the way our society is works and is designed, we're kind of trained to always look for our flaws and seek out our flaws so that we can work on our flaws. And while that's not inherently a bad thing, it becomes a bad thing when that's all that you do. Mm -hmm. And I think it really changes how you feel about yourself. I know it did for me. At first it felt silly doing it, but after a while it started feeling kind of good. And I'd say, I love you, Chi-Chi. You're so beautiful and sexy and you're amazing, and I love you just the way you are. And after a while, we become what we tell ourselves, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And now, today, I do love myself very deeply. So I think this is a very important step in the process. The next step is the sensuous bath. And taking a hot bath can be a very wonderful way to begin a self-loving session. The bathroom is often the only place that offers privacy from your family. It can be turned into a romantic hideaway 
simply by adding candlelight. And I'm reading from her book. Oftentimes, I'll put on incense. I'll, I'll get out some little play toys in the bathtub and make it a fun, sensual experience. I touch my body all over, take a few deep breaths, and relax in the hot, soapy water. And I love bubble baths. And sometimes I even do a champagne bubble bath where I have a glass of champagne while I'm in the hot water and it tastes so good. That cold champagne going down my throat as I'm kind of melting away all the stress of the day. And and then I start the erotic part, just touching my body. I use a shower massage sometimes and spray it on different parts of my body very sensually and and it gets it all worked up and just really amazing experience. So take a sensual bath. I know you take sensual baths. Oh yeah. In fact, I took a bubble bath right before we started recording this podcast. And how has the centrist bath helped you out? As you know, I do it before we have a session, and it helps get me in the right mindset for our sessions, and it helps me open up my body, and the strong sensation of the water all over my body awakens my nerves and gets me ready for play, and rubbing myself and touching myself really gets me hot and motivated and starts those juices working so that we can do our workings together. And it's just really wonderful. And hot baths are one of the things that people go to when they're working on self-care. And because it has that connotation of self-care. I think that it helps you get into the mindset of taking care of yourself and treating yourself well. Mm-hmm. And I know that just taking that time to de-stress, we live such stressful lives in our modern world, and sometimes the work can play a part and where our minds get caught up in stuff. And sometimes I get caught up in projects I'm working on and thinking about things. And when I take this central bath, it gives me kind of a break from all that and brings in that deep relaxation. I take really deep breaths starting out and then just relax in the water. And, and then I start building up that central energy. And it's just amazing how much it helps shut down that rational side of the brain, that calculating part of the brain that's always figuring things out, looking to the future or reviewing the past. For me, it helps me become really focused on the here and now, this moment, and being with myself in this tub of nice hot water and just feeling what my body feels. And I've got all kinds of fun little bath toys that I squirt myself with water or 
play with different sensory toys while in the tub and can be very erotic and very stimulating. The next step is body appreciation. After you dry off, stand nude in front of a mirror in candlelight, not harsh electric light. Look at your image with compassion. Never mind the flaws, you know them all too well. Find things about your body to like and compliment yourself. If you were looking at a lover, you would praise the qualities you love. Give yourself that same kind of generosity. Forget comparisons. You are unique. If you are large, love your bigness. Be a gorgeous, rubenesque nude. A sumo wrestler, a magnificent Amazon. If you are thin, love your smallness. Admire your wiry muscles and elegant angles. Appreciate your fleetness. Be a radiant nymph or a fawn. You are a divine work of art. And so I think body appreciation, I went through these exercises myself, and I used to be highly critical of my body, and it just takes a slight change of attitude and looking at myself differently and really loving the assets that I do have. We all have pluses and minuses, but too often we just focus in on the negative. And so I started learning how to focus in on the positive things and looking at the things I liked about my body and, oh, just really getting into the shape and beauty of my erect cock in the mirror, how it kind of bounces around as I squeeze my PC muscles. I love the shape of it and the curviness of it. It's just beautiful. And one of the things I used to think, oh, I'm way too skinny, and I have these really super long arms and legs, and I always kind of thought, oh, I'm just this kind of wiry guy. Well, then I started changing the way I looked at it. I said to myself in the mirror, I said, you have long, elegant limbs. They are beautiful and graceful in their length and beauty. You would make an excellent dancer. And so later on, I took some modern dance and ballet and learned how to become more graceful and elegant in my length. <laughs> but any thoughts about appreciating your body? I remember early in our training, you had me go through the body image healing course that you have, mm -hmm. which if anyone is interested in, we offer on ravenslayerleather.com. But when I was going through that course, I didn't think that I really had many hang-ups about my body. I've always been fairly happy with the way that I look and with my body. But going through that course made me really appreciate different aspects of my body than I ever had before. And as I went through the course, I realized I 
held myself different. I had more confidence. I would often be out and have a private thought. I know that I look good. I know that I look hot. And I caught more people catching a peek or looking at me and checking me out. <laughs> it That really helped to boost my confidence as well. And I think that it's a very powerful thing. And I think that one of the reasons it can be difficult in society is that everyone's bombarded with images of people who have a quote-unquote perfect body, but even the images that we are bombarded with, even those people themselves don't look like that. Things get airbrushed, and they use photo editing, and and they have makeup artists and hairdressers and yeah yeah definitely there's a whole team of people that are hired to make that person look as good as possible but these are the images that everyone measures themselves against and that can be really hard for people to overcome i think mhm I know that for me, just learning to appreciate my body gave me such a big boost. And I know, especially in our culture, a lot of women go through a lot of body image hangups. And by practicing this exercise, you will learn to feel more confident and more radiantly beautiful with the body you have. I know I did. <laughs> The next step is do-it-yourself massage. And take some time right after your bath. Get some massage oil and lightly oil your body. And rub your body all over everywhere you can reach. And give yourself a good massage. Take some extra time on the areas that are a little achy or have lots of tension built up and just rub it all out rub it firmly at first and then as you relax more get into the light sensual massage and start touching your body all over in a very sensual light way it can be very good to wake up the kundalini <laughs> feel free to Work on your nipples, on your whole body, all over your genitals, even around your anal area. You'd be surprised how good it can feel. But do save your genitals for last and work with them and play with them and really get it all worked up. It's good for what's coming next. And step five... She has loving your genitals, and that's broken up in two parts. There's a part one's for women, and the second part's for men. And for this step, for women, you'll need a makeup mirror that stands by itself, so both your hands will be free. Any small mirror you can prop up against the wall will do. Find a comfortable sitting position where there is good lighting 
perhaps under a lamp or near a window. If you like, you can use the magnifying side of the makeup mirror. Explore your genitals with just as much interest as you have always examined your face. Pull your outer lips apart, smoothing away your pubic hair. Look inside your vaginal flower. Arrange your inner lips decoratively around your vaginal opening. There's a great deal of variety in female genitals, so your inner lips may be insignificant, small, large, or just medium, smooth or textured, symmetrical, or one completely different from the other. All these variations are normal and beautiful. Which is yours? Do your inner lips attach at the base of your clitoris, or do they form an arc over the top of your clitoris? Examine your clitoral hood and follow the shaft of your clitoris, clitoral body. Pull the hood back to expose the tip of your clitoris. Is it a different color? Does it look like a tiny seed pearl or a pointy pink jewel? Size or shape has nothing to do with how well your clitoris functions sexually. Love your clitoris. Touch it with your oily finger and explore the different sensations as you lightly caress the tip. If you can't see the tip of your clitoris, then put a finger on either side of your clitoral shaft and move back and forth, letting your fingers feel this little ridge of pleasure. Rub your clitoris a moment and see if it doesn't pop out a bit more with your tender touch. Look carefully to see if there is a change in the size and color. Next, gently and slowly penetrate your vagina with your finger. Feel the ridges of the vaginal barrel. See if you can touch the tip of your uterus. With your fingers still inside, take a deep breath and relax your hand, your arm, all your vaginal muscles, and your anus. Take another deep breath, inhaling all the way down to your pelvic floor, letting everything go. Spend a few peaceful moments being inside yourself, loving your vagina. Move your finger to 12 o'clock. Use a beckoning motion. Observe the sensation. Don't concern yourself with finding a G-spot. Just press around inside your vagina, noting the different feelings. Circling your finger gets vaginal juices flowing, making wet sounds and bubbling noises. And she continues on. I won't read the whole section. I'll leave that for when you read the book. But it is a great exercise to get in touch with your genitals. For men, although it's easy for you to see your genitals when you hold them in your hand and look down, it's informative to get a frontal view. Oftentimes, looking down gives you a different perspective than looking in a mirror and seeing it 
straight on. The magnifying side of a makeup mirror can give you a new perspective on what my dad used to call the family jewels. There's a great deal of variety in men's genitals, so your penis may be small, large, or in between. A small flaccid pinky can triple in size with erection, the surprise package. A very large cock doesn't usually grow much larger, but just gets hard. Most erect penises will be somewhere in the 4 to 9 inch range, but of course there are exceptions. Thinking one's penis isn't big enough is by far the most common worry among men, and it is a concern that can have a negative impact. If you have any sexual doubt based on genital size, clear your mind of this concern immediately. Remind yourself that many presidents, kings, and multimillionaires have been very small in stature. The old saying is really true. It ain't what you got, it's what you do with what you got. And she continues about appreciating your genitals for men. But I'd like to kind of discuss this section a little bit. What are your thoughts, Paul? I remember one of the specific parts of the body image healing course that you had me go through was specifically on using a mirror to observe my genitals and take note of them. And it's really interesting as I got to know my genitals better, my ability to please myself got a lot better. And I did get more confident about my genitals and the size and what I could do with it. And I learned a lot about myself. I identified the way that my testicles hang and different little nooks and crannies that I hadn't really noticed before. And it was really, really good for me. It was really eye-opening what she was saying there about how it being easy to see your genitals as a male makes men think that they know that they're genitals, but it's rarely the case, I find. Mm-hmm. And often men tend to uh, just focus on the cock and not pay much attention to the testicles. And the testicles can provide a lot of amazing sensations, as well as the perineum, that area between the testicles and the anal area. And then, of course, the anal area can be amazing. <laughs> the next step, step six, is on mirror dancing. Mirror dancing that you practice the moves of sex. When you're alone, you can let it all hang out. Be free. Try any outrageous moves you can think of. Rotate your hips, do bumps and grinds, shimmy and shake. Wear a jewel belt around your hips. And make the moves of a belly dancer. Or pretend you're a priestess performing temple dances of erotic love. And she continues in this area. I just kind of wanted to give the 
main part of each of these sections, the mirror dancing can be very amazing as far as learning how to make the moves of lovemaking, learning how your body works erotically. And so do some erotic moves. See yourself in the mirror. Any thoughts? I've done this some, and I do have to admit, this made me more self-conscious than most of the steps in this process. But after a while, I stopped being as self-conscious as I was, and getting into it, I I think that it was hard for me because I've always had a weird problem with feeling confident about my fine motor skills because I have cerebral palsy, but it really did help me get a lot more confident with my body since it's the only body I'm ever going to have and more confident in myself. And it was interesting to get over that self-conscious feeling. I think the biggest thing that it did was to help me get over that self-conscious feeling. Yeah. I know for me it's just amazing to learn the art of sexual movement. And first time I did it, it felt a little awkward. I thought, oh, I look kind of silly doing this. But I went through with it. I thought, come on, get into it. And I started raising some of that primal energy within and really got into it. And I got on all fours and started making movements with my hips, thrusting movements, and seeing my whole body in the big mirror in candlelight as I moved and danced and did that kind of sensual sexy look and it was amazing it really helped me become more confident as a lover and as a sexual being the next step step seven is setting the stage and a lot of times a lot of people just have this simple bedroom but setting the stage is about setting up your lovemaking environment your self-lovemaking environment and so it really helps to create an environment that's conducive for self-love. Get some candlelight. In my bedroom, I have all kinds of images of sexuality. I've got statues, photographs of myself, even a painting that a person did of me naked in a bathtub. And I've got all this erotic art and it becomes a, almost like a shrine or a altar to lovemaking. And oftentimes I'll put on candlelight and light incense and create a really beautiful atmosphere for making love with myself. It can be so amazing. And she goes into a whole bunch of different ideas to decorate your bedroom or create your space for self-love making. The next step is step eight, lights, camera, action. 
Now's that the stage is set, get comfortable by stretching out and taking a few deep breaths. Say I love you to yours in your sexiest voice. The scene calls for slow motion, so take your time and be a gentle lover for yourself. Run your hands all over your body. Touch your nipples. Massage your genitals. Bring yourself up slowly. Don't think about orgasm. Think about the good feelings as you play with your body and your fantasies. When you feel yourself getting close to coming, drop back by intensifying your breathing and tightening your ass muscles. Tense, squeeze, and please yourself. Try to spend at least 30 minutes. When you finally soar into orgasm, let your joy be heard. Give yourself permission to sigh, to laugh, to moan, or utter any kind of sound that might bubble up. Just for fun, you might want to go on riding the waves of pleasure by continuing stimulation. Take yourself into a, another buildup with a second orgasm. Pleasure heals all those sexual inhibitions. And she continues on this. She goes into the use of toys, the use of really exploring your sensual body and raising that pleasure within the flesh. She gets into massagers and covers a lot of detail and lubrication for a lot of women and for a lot of men. Just doing oneself dry can be a little rough. So use plenty of lubrication. And she gets into a little bit of anal play. Take your time. Explore all different kinds of forms of lovemaking for yourself. I'm not going to go into real detail here, but taking that time to really love yourself and pleasure yourself fully. And if you bring yourself close to orgasm, then back away a little bit and then raise the energy back up again. Do it a few times. You'll have a much more intensely satisfying orgasm, a deeper orgasm. And allow yourself to really fully pleasure your body. So, any thoughts? <laughs> well, we could have a whole podcast about this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I think we have. But learning how to really make love to yourself, how to slow down and take the time to really build yourself up slowly and being experimental and trying new things and different things. If you try something and it doesn't work, that's okay. But you might try something and find that it is much better than you thought it would be. But taking that time to really, really build up and show yourself that you love yourself and... Mm -hmm. It makes you realize that you are worthy of this joy, that you are worthy of sexual pleasure, and it just runs through you and builds you up, and oh, it's 
so amazing. And I know for me, for a while, I wasn't in a relationship. For a while, I felt just this desperation and need to have a sexual partner. And then I started doing these exercises, and I realized that by doing them, it got rid of that desperation, that real deep need, because I was able to fulfill it for myself, at least at some level, and bring myself the pleasures. And it helped teach me how to be a better lover for others. And I think by going through this process, it really does kind of open the door for new relationships to come up. And when they do come up, it makes you much more gifted as a lover because you're more in tune with your body and you can teach another of these techniques. And that can be fun too. <laughs> but anyway, that's pretty much the book, except the last chapter she goes into some of the letters she received from people that have read the book or read her first book and just how much it changed their lives. So she shares other people's stories about their orgasms that they wrote in. And I highly recommend Sex for One. It is an amazing book, and especially for women to really get more in tune because men and women are built a little bit differently, not just the physical organs, but also just how we come to sex and how we respond in our sexual cycles. And she goes into a lot of detail for women, especially, on how to get more in touch and in tune with your body in Sex for One, The Joy of Self-Loving. So I highly recommend get the book, read it. It's really a lot of fun, and do the exercises. It will transform your life. And that brings us, oh wow, we're already to hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Boy, the time flies when we get into these shows. <laughs> but any last comments or thoughts? I think that learning the techniques to better pleasure yourself have so many different amazing helpful benefits and it can really change your life i know for me i used to feel awkward about sex i used to worry about my ability to perform i used to be self-conscious about the fact that I had a problem with premature ejaculation, which learning how to masturbate better definitely 100%, 150% helped amazingly. I don't really have that problem so much anymore. Yeah. But there are just so many amazing benefits you can get out of your life by learning how to masturbate better. Yeah. And one thing, too, is I learned when I was doing this to not focus on the goal of orgasm, but really focus in on the pleasures you're receiving. It's like orgasm lasts just a very short time. 
but building up that energy and playing with your body can last for as long as you want, pretty much, for hours if you want, or half an hour, or two or three hours. And I find that by changing my focus from the goal of orgasm and really focusing in on how my body's responding to this pleasure and this erotic touch and how good it feels, it's lasts so much longer than an orgasm. Now, like the orgasms, too, they're awesome. But by focusing on the process, by focusing on the journey to orgasm, it makes such a huge difference. It gets you more in tune with your body and how it responds to sexual touch. And one thing I learned was how my body works when I get close to orgasm. And I learned what triggers orgasms within me and how I can control that and prolong it and make it really a beautiful experience. I think the other thing it did was it helped me get really in touch with the energies of sex feeling that energy flowing through my body, stopping when I get really close and taking deep breaths and circulating that energy and touching other parts of my body and bringing the whole body alive. It was amazing. <laughs> and so it really opens up a whole new world of eroticism when you work through these exercises. So I think that brings us to the end of the show. Well, you have a wonderful night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. And take some time to do these exercises. Raise that energy within you. You have permission to do that. You're worthy of feeling the pleasures of the flesh. So all you have to do is Take these steps to create a good environment, love yourself, and bring yourself to a state of ecstasy. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. 
This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. <laughs>